Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. Bro, I wanted to have you on here because... Uh, one of the reasons is because uh, when I did the um, the podcast with uh, your team, Jester, so there were three yeah. guys on there, right? Um, and they were talking some shit a little bit, you know, in fun, <laughs> but they were talking some shit about you. And I was like, oh, I got to have this guy on so he can defend himself. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. And then uh, I was talking with uh, Valkyrie. Um, and I think your name came up too, because I didn't know she knew you guys, you know, played the same areas your, your yeah. team plays at. I play at Tax City. Uh, a bunch of the guys are showing up now. We got guys from Jester. We got a new team popping up called 141 Nods. Uh, they play there. DSO Valkyrie and Cypher play there. And we just started having a bunch of the guys on Nightcrawler. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, I think that's like Storm. Storm the Poet and a bunch yep. of the, their guys, yeah. Dude, I think it's so cool that uh I I'm th- there's a ton of airsofters in California, obviously. Um and I've talked with a lot of them. And it's like every time I talk with somebody at, at, that's out there, it leads to somebody else. And then I realize when I'm talking with them, oh, they're uh they're on this team um and they play at the same field that like 20 people I've talked to, you know, like I'm like, Holy shit, you know, yeah. this person, this person, this person, you know, airsoft samurai and all that kind of stuff. You guys are all out there in the same area. It's pretty cool. Yep. It, it helps with the tactical league events. Cause you get to all those private events like tactical league and now brotherhoods doing events with uh, storm and poet, yeah. all of those events, you get to meet people. You normally get to meet. I'm all the way up here in, Southern Orange County in Irvine. And uh, we just went down to San Diego the other day. And I got to meet all those guys. Oh, that's wild. Now, how far of a drive is that? Yeah. It's like a two hour? Is that a two hour drive for you? That. To yeah. San Diego? Okay. Yeah, I've been to Irvine a couple times when I was uh, stationed out there. So, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I know a little bit of uh, the area out there. We went to. Went to Newport Beach one one weekend. We were stationed out there. We this is uh 1991. We went um, from Pendleton to Newport Beach because we had heard that there was a nude beach out there in that area, or maybe it's Huntington Beach. And uh, and so we heard oh. that there was a nude beach right off of I five or right off the uh, PCH, right? And uh, yeah, so we drive up there. And we found this nude beach and we actually, uh, we took my buddy's, um, Mustang. He had a 90, I think it was a 1990 actually, or, uh, 89. It was an 89 Mustang, five speed, 5.0. And, um, Ooh. yeah, bro, that nice. is fucking, it was nice. And, uh, we stuck a, uh, a party ball of beer. So, you know, there's, uh, you know how you can get a keg and then you can get a mini keg and then there's a party ball. Yeah. 
and you'd pump it up just, you know, it's got, it comes with the little tap, you know, you pump it up just like a keg. We stuck that in the back seat and, uh, drove up to this nude beach. So we're thinking, man, there's going to be some hot California chicks out there. No, the only people that go to nude beaches are old, weird people that look nasty. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't fun. Yeah, that's usually how it works. The uh, the trip was fun, but you know the nude beach was just a, a big letdown. So said so, uh, whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, so how long you you've been uh, playing airsoft? Fairly new to airsoft, right? Like you haven't been playing that long. I've been playing. So I started playing like right as Jester became a team. So just about a year, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. And how'd you get started in it? Like you didn't, did you know those guys beforehand? I knew, uh, Jaeger or Hayden beforehand. Okay. Um, and I knew a couple of the other guys beforehand and we went out and played and, um, we were just like, Hey, we should, we like, this is fun. We should start a team. We did. Yeah. That's why, um, you know, being fairly new to airsoft and getting on a team right away, that's actually a pretty common story. And I think a lot of people like doing that because, um, you know, when you have a team like that, you're not, you're not just waiting on randoms, you know, a bunch of randoms to show up to play with or get a full, you know, team. Like you can all talk to each other like, Hey, who's all going, you know, for sure you're going to have at least this many people to play with when you get there it works out good. Yeah. I think most of it was we, we all wanted to go to that desert box event, the uh, battle for LA. And we, we want a bunch of people to go with. So then let's start forming this team and we'll get ready and head out there. Yeah. So going back to the, some of the shit they were talking about you, they said, uh, and it wasn't bad, obviously. It was just, um, what, what was it? The, uh, you break stuff or constantly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how did the that joke is don't hand me, your, don't hand me your airsoft guns because I'll break them. Oh shit. Okay. You break your own as well. Um, actually, I haven't broken anything. We're doing good. Oh, that's but, good. Uh, let's see. I went to my like second or third time playing airsoft. I had just bought a Golden Eagle LMP from a buddy of mine. And the first thing that I do, we're playing with it about halfway through the day. I come back off the field and the buttstock is falling off. <laughs> no idea how, yeah. but the buttstock is hanging off. The oh, and Jesus. then we said, all right, we take the long screwdriver. We shove it in there. Same day, I think. Maybe it was the next week. Somewhere way too close for it to for them not to make fun of me. Um, <laughs> I come back. The thing has a safety, but the full auto. Once you switch it off and safe, you don't have to pull the trigger. It just full autos, and it doesn't oh. matter if it's in full auto or semi. Whoa! I snapped the gearbox. Oh shit! On a stock, on a stock gun, I broke the gearbox. Oh, that's crazy! 
Yeah. We're, uh, now that I've gotten more builds going and stuff, we've got stuff from that gun lying around. Try to throw back into another gun. Right. <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. So now, so you've only broken two things. Uh, that was two things on one gun. Okay. Then, uh, Hayden let me borrow his PDW. I don't remember exactly how I broke that one, but I know I broke it. <laughs> and then the gun that I'm currently running is a rental gun from Tax City that I stripped everything out of and put a Kythera in. But when I bought that, it was still an AEG. Yeah. And right when I go to play with it at Desert Fox, it decides, nope, I don't like you anymore. And it stops working. <laughs> That's how it always is, man. I ended up playing the entire Desert Fox with guns that wasn't mine. Oh, my gosh. Hopefully this year, I'll be able to use guns that were Right. Oh, that's wild. Well, it only takes yeah. a couple times, like in a short amount of time. Like if you're fairly new and you guys go out and play, and maybe some of these guys have been playing for a little bit longer, and uh, and then you break the, you know, the like you didn't break it, it just breaks. Um, if that happens yeah. a couple times in a row, like you said, or close together, close enough to where they're like, bro, what's going on? Um, yeah, it, it doesn't take many times, it, you know, two, three times uh, within a few month period. And you're labeled like that. You, you just break shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happens. That's uh, funny. You know, uh, that that's really common, though, because um, one of the girls I talked to, she's on uh, Team Nebula. They're actually playing at uh, NSL tournament right now. And um, oh, cool. Yeah. They're on the uh, East Coast. Uh, I think they're up in PA. And um, nice. her nickname is Masher. And her Instagram <laughs> is It's Me Masher. So she got that nickname because, same thing. She said uh, she was every gun they would get her, or she would use, it would break. Like the trigger thing would break, whatever. Uh, probably like the gear stuff. But it was, they said, you're mashing the trigger so much that it's breaking. So they, they named her masher. And then this guy I talked with uh, last week, he's like 13 and uh, he's trying out for this team to play like tournament stuff. And uh, yeah. it's a uh, huddy. And um, he said, same thing. They were trying to, they were going to give him a nickname and they were bouncing some ideas around. They said, one of the guys said, we're going to call you break because you break everything we give you. <laughs> so this is a common thing, you know, it's just like, if you have that kind of, uh, that bad luck in, in a short amount of time, it's that, that's just your nickname. You know, that's just what everyone thinks yep. you get labeled like that, like that. Oh yeah. So what, uh, what got you into airsoft in the first place? Um, Hayden said, Hey, we're going airsofting this weekend. Do you want to come? I said, All right, sure. I went, I loved it. And I knew that it was similar to like a paintball. Gotcha. Uh, I'm, um, like I've seen videos and stuff, but I hadn't, uh, ever tried it. 
what he said. I was like, all right, what the heck, let's do it. Yeah. He showed me some pictures to convince me. Now, how did you guys know each other before? Did you work together or school or something? Uh, yeah. We actually went to the same church. Oh, okay. We drove to the same church. Yeah. That's cool. And then uh, did you have a background in paintball or anything before that? No. Not at all. Yeah. Most of my uh, – most of the stuff I did was more conventional team sports. I played uh, baseball and hockey. Oh, okay. Like field hockey or? No, road hockey. Oh. Yeah. Ro- road hockey. It was fun. But uh, it's like uh, basically ice hockey, but you play four on four and on roller skates. And it's almost like a tile type ground. Yeah. Not tile. Like plasticky tiles, like the um, like a like a court, like a basketball kind of court or something. Almost, I guess. Huh. And you guys use roller skates or roller blades? Uh, inline skates. Yeah. 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 Okay. Dude, that's wild. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's kind of a different sport because. Um, well, when you said that, cause you're in California. So when you said that, I'm thinking, yeah. uh, unless you're from up, you know, one of the States up North or a colder state, it's probably not ice hockey, but, uh, they do ice hockey around here, but, do they? um, I had, uh, I had a kidney transplant when I was like three years old and that stops me from playing contact sports. Oh, shit. Ice hockey is a contact sport and roller hockey. There was a no contact rule. But as we all know, what the ref doesn't see never happens. <laughs> exactly. So you still get checked sometimes. Yep. But not nearly as bad as it. Yeah. Now, do you have any other uh, siblings? I got one older brother. Um, he's already moved out now. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the kidney transplant thing, that's, uh, that's wild, man, for, you know, a young... Yeah, I was like three years old. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, good thing for good medicine and technology. Yeah, right. You can do that when you're young, you know, little kids. Hell yeah. Now, has that stopped you with um, any other kind of sports or activities besides the contact thing? We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of Airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at Skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net. And check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. Um, Not really. So long as it's not contact sports, I can do it. I always wanted to play like football or lacrosse or wrestling or something like that. But contact sports, I'm not allowed to. Right. 
Yeah, I gotcha. Now, do you, you don't really notice any other, it doesn't like stop you from running or, you know, you get out of breath or like it doesn't affect you physically that you notice. No, at all. Okay. Nope. Yeah. That's cool. Do, are you able to drink alcohol? Um, I personally don't, and I don't yeah. think that I'm, a, even if I was allowed to medically, I wouldn't, gotcha. but, um, I think my medicine says on it, do not take without. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, you know, anything that puts stress on your kidneys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's wild. Well, did you have any other hobbies before you started uh, paintball? I mean, uh, airsoft. Um, that was kind of it. I got into cars for a little while, but I was nineteen and didn't know what the heck I was doing. Just, <laughs> uh, I had an old Honda Civic that I started to make repairs on and stuff. Yeah, and I ended up putting. Um, I ended up putting half the thing back together with zip ties. So, <laughs> well, the body, what the body pieces and stuff. <laughs> I had the whole front bumper was held on by zip ties. Zip ties are great, man. They're like, they're like uh, oh yeah, you know, it's like the new new uh, style of duct tape. You know how they used to say um, all you need is duct tape. Duct tape and zip ties, man, they're great. Oh yeah. If you can't do it with duct tape or zip ties, yeah, then you're you're out of luck. <laughs> Hell yeah! And what uh, what did you end up doing to the uh, to the car? What were you trying to do? Like make it uh, well, faster? My or plan, my plan was some the front headlights were just extremely foggy and like weren't very bright at all because of that. Yeah, so I ended up replacing those, and then I had an exhaust that I bought that was coming in the mail. And as soon as I got the exhaust, I blew the head gasket. And then I ended up selling the car and getting it. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, some of that work is uh, is just not worth unless you have a shop, you know, or a garage with a bunch of tools and you have the experience some of that stuff is not worth getting into the, uh, yeah. That's exactly what it was. I, I would have sold the car for more than the repair would have been. Yeah. So there wasn't much of a point. Right. Yeah. I, I, uh, that's, that's the kind of thing I think of here. You know, I do a lot of my own work on, uh, on my cars and, um, yeah, I have a, a 96 uh, Grand Cherokee, and so I'm pulling the um, – I'm replacing the exhaust manifold right now. So that's not okay. the – you know, it's not the worst job. You know, it doesn't take uh, a ton of stuff to get it off and, and, and put a new one back on. But um, there are some, you know, bolts and nuts that are hard to get to. But uh, – and you have to take a bunch of small things off that really don't – you know, they're not really hard to put back on. But uh, anything like inside, like the valves and the the pistons and the the lifters and uh, all that internal shit, I don't mess with. I just I don't mess with. I just rather get a new motor. Yeah. 
and <laughs> drop a new motor in. That's the thing is when I, when they told me, I said, okay, can we just replace the head gasket? They said, yeah, but we're going to have to pull your whole motor, ship it somewhere, get the head machine, get it back and then reinstall it. Yep. So I was going to be out of the car for a couple months. Yeah. And it was easier to just say, what the heck? And send it off to somebody else to deal with. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. That's the, uh, the decision I had to make recently with, uh, I had the, I have the Grand Cherokee and I have a, um, a 99 forerunner Toyota forerunner. And I want it. I want to keep both. I still have them both, but the forerunner needs work too. It's been sitting back here. So I haven't had time to mess with it, to be honest, because I've been focused on the uh, Jeep. So the Jeep has, I've been working on the Jeep probably for about six months. The, uh, the front wheel bearing went out. So if you worked on cars, you probably know some of this stuff. So the front wheel, where uh, wheel bearing was messed up. Okay. Need it replaced. So I pull everything off. I have all the tools to, you know, like the press, you know, one of those uh, uh, bearing tools, right? It's just a giant, massive, uh, thick C-clamp, right, with some attachments to press out the the bearing and all that, or um, the wheel hub. And uh, so I I go to do that. It's seized up in there. So the wheel hub... Uh, I can't remove. It's seized up on the um, the control arm. Okay, this this whole thing. I, yeah, I I took videos of it, um, which I still have. I did. I didn't really do anything with it. I just wanted to video the whole process. I literally had to get a cutting wheel. I have a side grinder. Got a cutting wheel. Uh, bought a pack of cutting wheels, and I cut the arm off the frame. Okay, uh, cool. because I I couldn't figure out anything else one one of my first um my first tool my giant c-clamp that i had to remove it i bent like it literally just spread the c-clamp apart because i was using a breaker bar to try to pop this thing out yeah i I used heat i was i mean i let that thing soak with you know pb blaster for like two days um the shit was seized up well i watched some videos on it and it says uh on that year, um, the material they used to for the uh, hub and the bearing and all this was uh, it had some kind of reaction. I forget what they said it was, but it just it basically welded itself to it. And um, so I cut the mm-hmm. arm off, had to uh, order that, and or you know, and, and of course the whole uh, hub assembly and everything. And I put yeah. that on. Well then. I had I wanted to replace since I was taking all that off. I wanted to replace like the ball joints and all this other you know the steering stuff underneath the control arm and everything. Well, because I was so just focused on that you know getting that control arm off and replacing all that stuff, I forgot to measure the uh, all the all the control arm and everything underneath um, when I took those off. So and that was seized up as well. Um, Oh no! Yeah, the uh, not the control arm. Uh, oh god, I can't even think of what it is. Anyway, um, it's the one that you. Uh, it has the collar that you uh, you loosen up, and you can turn the collar 
on the uh, the arm that goes across, and your steer. That's how you align your steering wheel, right? Straight up and down or whatever. Yeah. Um. So on the end of that, it's got a threaded, you know, rod that has the, um, that goes in. That's what you're kind of turning on the uh, on the collar. Well, anyway, so I tried to take that off, and where the ball joint goes in. It was, uh, that was seized up, so I couldn't crank that off, and I had to cut that off as well. Almost everything I've had to cut with a cutting wheel on this uh, Jeep. So yesterday I was, yeah, I was pulling the, uh, so I got everything off. I got the um, intake manifold off, and uh, and I start to take the, um, uh, the exhaust manifold. So where it goes into the straight pipe, that uh, flange down there, there's two bolts on that. They were seized up and I'm taking my side grinder. Now, luckily, you know, I got the, the, the intake manifold out of the way. So I've got some room, but the, uh, the fuel line is coming up, you know, where it goes up to the fuel uh, rod or whatever on top. So that's unhooked. What's well, sitting off to the side, but um, the fuel line is right by the flange that I'm trying to cut with this grinding wheel. So I'm like trying to finagle this, thing in here to not cut the fuel line (laughs) with this uh massive side grinder uh dude oh my gosh i was trying to be a surgeon you know with a freaking with this massive tool that's hard to control anyway (laughs) so i got the one bolt cut off it took a few tries to be careful but i got the one bolt cut off and luckily it loosened up the other one to where uh, the other one wasn't seized up so uh, I was able to get oh, there you go. Yeah, a wrench and a socket on either side of those, and and uh, and get it off. So I was able to take the uh, old one out. But yeah, the the exhaust manifold was cracked completely. You know how two pipes come together and go into the straight pipe. The uh, it was cracked all the way around. The one pipe was, and um, so anyway, so I got the new one. I got it prepped, but I ran out of daylight yesterday, so everything's just ripped out it's ready to go back in but uh i didn't have enough time so yeah <laughs> and i busted my knuckles a couple times you know like normal it's fine as you do yes hell yeah so what kind of you knuckles a few times throw your wrench across the room you know just things. <laughs> and the thing is i don't have a garage here so i have a shed so we live in south carolina uh, yeah and we yeah. live on this back road and um so, uh, I don't have a garage, uh, just have a shed in the back. And, um, so when I work on stuff, I got my Jeep parked in the grass by the shed. Cause that's where all my tools are. Yeah. And, um, and so it's, uh, when I drop something, I usually put a tarp underneath in case I drop some bolts or oh, something. Yeah, there you go. It's a lot easier to find than, you know, digging through the grass, but, uh, yeah. So it's been a fun project. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I've been using my wife's car. I take her to work and then, you know, go to work. And then I'll, when I get home, I'll work on it. And, uh, she's like, are you gonna, are you going to be done with that soon? I'm like, bro, everything I touch on that thing is welded. Like it's, it's seized up. I can't get any bolts off. Yeah. The only ones I could get off that came off really easy were all of the uh, manifold bolts, the the uh, intake and the yeah. Those were easy as fuck because they weren't seized up. 
they came off real easy. And I think it's because uh, my valve gasket is leaking. So I've got oil. <laughs> I've so got something oil. to loosen it up. Yeah, it's oil that has run down and just kind of baked in there for, you know, the last two years. Yeah. And um, so anyway, so I'm like, well, at least it it did something good and besides just leaking. Yep. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it can be a, a pain in the ass to work on cars when you don't have an extra car to use and yeah. a good place to work on them. You know? Yep. Yeah. Hell yeah. So you've got uh so you're on Jester, um you break all your guns. You've got a rental gun that you hope doesn't break right now, or it did break. So what do you what are you uh, using yeah. now? So I uh that one's now HPA. Okay. Uh through a stubby stock on that. And what else did I do to that? Flashlight, handguard, and tracer. That's about it. Gotcha. That's my main rifle at this point. Yeah. But I need to fix that one up because I'm shooting 330 FPS on 120 PSM. Ooh. Oh, okay. Now, have you tried? Have the, you tried lowering your PSI? That's what I'm planning on doing. Is I'm planning on changing out some rings and stuff. Yeah. Um, the other issue is that part of it is that I run my rifles really short. And I think I just don't have enough barrel length to actually get up to right. speed, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh, you can actually over... Who was telling me that? Um, it's it's one of the podcasts that came out in the last couple of weeks. Uh, they were talking about the length of the barrel. It might have been... Um, I, can't, I, I can't remember. But he, he went over that, talking about how the... Uh, your barrel length, uh, if you, you know, some people, they have this issue where they have a shorter barrel and then they, they crank up their, their, uh, their tank pressure, but it actually acts in reverse, like, because it doesn't have enough, because yeah. there's like too much air escaping somewhere. So I don't know. He, he went into detail on Basically, it. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and try to change some of that stuff out and, Hopefully changing some O-rings and seals and stuff will help that. And then I'm working. I have a pro win hop up in it right now. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, and that one, I, I like it is fine, but, um, it's just really picky on what mags it takes. Mm. So I have to find, I can only use like Lancer. Okay. And the occasionally a couple, but mostly just Lancers. So if you use the other ones, they don't. It doesn't feed, right? It doesn't feed. Mm. That's not a, very that's fun to be weird... midfield firing off and then it just stops feeding. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Um, we had a vector. My son bought a vector, and um thing was badass it was very expensive it came with like he bought extra mags with it and um the mags that it came with it was having feeding issues every single mag that it came with so we bought really? some extras yeah i bought some extras and uh we just couldn't get this thing running right uh it just kept chopping mm. bbs and like 
you know, double feeding and not feeding and yeah, all these different mag- We didn't know. I had no clue. Um, and I didn't want to, I think, I don't think I opened that one up actually. Cause I was working on these guns, uh, my two sons and their friend, I was, uh, working on their guns for them whenever I could, uh, basic stuff. And, um, so that one, I don't think I opened up because it, you know, it was so bad right away. I told him, Hey, just send it back or, you know, whatever, do something with the warranty. So he did, I can't remember what he did. He took it to an event and it worked. So he, him and his, uh, my other son, his brother, they did something to get it working. And I don't remember what he did, but he, he ended up and then it stopped working again. It was just like one of those like money pit kind of guns. Yeah. It, it just never fixed itself. You know, he can he never figure it out. And he was like, instead of taking it to a tech, he sold it and just put on there. Yeah. Hey, it, sometimes it feeds, sometimes it does it. I can't figure it out, whatever, but you know, you know, it sucks when that happens. Yeah. You know, he sold it. He, he bought it for like 500 bucks. Uh, sold it for like two, 200, 250 because it wasn't working. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> and he didn't know. So somebody got a deal on it. I'm sure if they knew what it was. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Is there, are there any, uh, special guns you would like to get? Ooh. So I'm currently working on a Vietnam kit, um, but there's an LCT uh, M1 Garand mm. that's like 500 bucks that I'm looking at. Whew. I want it. I I love history. I love World War One, Two, like learning about all that stuff. Hence okay. why I'm running a Vietnam kit. Yeah. Um. I already have my M16A1, and I'm looking to get the rest of the kit pretty soon. I found it on eBay. I just kind of put in the order. But oh, that's cool. Yeah, that that one's coming along. That one will be cool to run. Okay. Yeah the uh, the first milsim these guys went to was a uh, Vietnam era or a Vietnam event. Ooh. And they, and so everyone cool. had to be in, you know, all that time period gear or whatever. So, uh, they signed up for us and, but, you know, most of the, um, the, uh, Viet Cong, whatever the VC had to be dressed in, you know, they had a couple of different things. They could have the, uh, uh, the NVA, you know, the actual army uniform, yeah. or they could do VC like the black pajama looking ones. Um, yep. so it was pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, it was really cool. They had, uh, we did, we, got, we did a Vietnam event through tactical league in like midsummer, June, July. That one was extremely fun. I had just barely started putting it together. So I, I only had the M16A1, some, some green pants and a green shirt. Yeah. I hear you. Now that my uh, my normal kid is just about done, it's time that I switch over and start building the other one. Yeah, yeah, those are fun. But, I like the the time period events like that. Yeah, definitely. 
there's been a bunch of people that uh, that play airsoft that I follow. I've actually had on here too that are big into history. They like the uh, World War II kits, the Vietnam kit. There was a guy in um, in the UK. It's uh, call sign Curly. He actually has the full Vietnam, like a couple different Vietnam kits. That's one of his favorite. Yeah, that's one of his favorite um, eras to you know time period gear to run. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, speaking of uh, history and world wars and stuff, we just watched this movie last night. Um, It's about World War One. What the hell is it called? It's a remake. All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, I've seen the original and I heard that they did a new one, but I haven't gotten to see that one yet. Yeah. yeah it's done. It's done well. That was on Netflix, right? I think so. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I'll have to watch that one. Yeah. Really, really intense battle scenes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I haven't seen... Uh, in, in fact, my wife, we were sitting there talking. She's like, so who... This is World War One, And I was like, yeah. So we were looking up, like, what... Um, like the Western Front and the, you know, because I I studied a lot of the Vietnam. I was fascinated with the Vietnam War when I was in high school. Yeah. And uh, and so I studied all about that. And, of course, you know, there was so much done on, like so many movies and stuff done on uh, World War II that um, yeah. it's hard not to know a lot about that. Well, then World War One, I, uh, I was like, man, I forget what was, I don't know. I don't know. So we were looking up a bunch of facts about it, you know, historical stuff about it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a uh, it's a good movie though. I think that that's what a lot of people do. They get into Vietnam or World War Two, but not a lot of people do much else. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the um, yeah, it's weird how some of the conflicts don't get a lot of attention. You know, Vietnam was yeah. really big, you know, as far as the uh, media and stuff and then and stories. Yeah, and, it was extremely controversial. It was so controversial that we were in. Yes, exactly. So that's part of what made it such a big war, in, like media-wise. Right. And the fact that a lot of people didn't want to be there. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it seems like, um, you know, World War II was like, oh, rah, rah, you know, go join and join the fight, you know, is all like, hey, we want to do our part kind of thing. And Vietnam was just like, the U.S. was just in such turmoil at the time, yeah. and, you know, not just about the war, but a bunch of shit going on. And uh, when yeah. you look at that time, you know, that just a lot of different things going on that would you from the outside looking at it, you'd be like, Holy shit, man, their country's about to fall apart. What are they doing? You know? <laughs> and then we're in the war, you know? Yep. Oh yeah. So what do you got planned for, uh, for this year for your airsoft venture? Oh, let's see. I got some cool stuff coming. 
So I'm currently building a, uh, so a buddy of mine gave me a ASL M4 that we're currently in the process of building. Is that the Kilo? Um, uh, ASL Kilo? I'm not sure. He just handed me a lower and said, here. Mm. Gotcha. We call it his froggy gun because he's throwing a bunch of frog stickers on it. So I am <laughs> nice. running the froggy gun now. Hell yeah. But uh, the froggy gun has 12-1 gears in it. So you might be laughing at me at first, but not afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> and then let's see. We're in the process of building that one. I've got a Jack 9 that I'm working on. That one's going to be a SSG build. And then hopefully, um, I want to get another LNV. And I want to put a either an FE or an F2. In. Oh, okay. Uh, another HPA build. Right. Yeah, LMGs, man, for, uh, you know, it's HPA ones are seem like that's the best option for those. That's the thing, is it probably would have been a good idea to HPA the Golden Eagle because that it takes all of the stress off of the gear bodies. Yeah. When I was running that, um, that's what made it snap, is all that stress from actually using it. Right. Yeah, because that's one, you know, one of the guns that, you know, when you go to an event or whatever, that you're allowed to run full auto, you want to run full auto with those. That's the whole yeah, purpose definitely. of them, you know, is cover fire and suppressive fire. And, um, yeah, what the, the if they don't have good gearboxes, man, they're going to be burning up. Yep. I mean, I used to, I have a Kythera in my M4. That thing only shoots semi-auto. It doesn't have a full auto function. But I still sit there in the back and fire off some rounds and try to lay down suppressive fire when I can. Yeah. That's just my style of play is modest. I like to sit in the back, lay down some, some suppressive fire, and then I follow. Gotcha. And that way I get to like see everything that's happening before I make my decision on where to go. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like uh, bringing up the rear, a support player. Yeah, exactly. That's good. That's how I play video games. Like when I play Battlefield 4, I uh, I always yeah. play support because the the fast-paced running gun, I, I'm horrible. I'm horrible at. Uh, I'm so – my reflexes are so bad for um, – for playing, you know, for, I mean, I used to be good years ago, but I'm, as I got older, I'm, <laughs> I'm a lot slower. So, uh, so I love, and I like games like that where you can, they have a role where you could, you know, yeah. just help the team out. Like, I just want to help the team out. I don't want to be the lone wolf up here in front. I like to kind of, same thing what you're talking about, where I can see more of the battlefield. I'm staying back a little bit. And, uh, and seeing where I can, where I can, uh, you know, help out and pitch in or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, are you a gamer at all? Uh, I used to be, not much anymore. Mm. As I got older, 
certain things started to come up more and had less time for it. And then I realized it's been three months and I haven't played my PlayStation at all. Oh my gosh. And I'm just getting rid of it. Yeah. Well, if you don't miss it, that's the thing. Like if you go yeah. a couple of weeks without playing and you start fiending for it, then, you know, if you're a gamer or whatever, but if you go a long time and it's uh, you're like, eh, I don't really miss it that much. It's because I wasn't really playing with anybody. I was just playing like campaigns. Yeah. And I had just gotten the new Call of Duty. I think at that time it was Black Ops 3. Okay. Or maybe, yeah, I was playing Black Ops 3. And Black Ops 3, they didn't have a campaign in. So oh, like, right. there, there wasn't much of a point in me getting this game because I only played for the campaign. Oh, okay. And now they took out the campaign. Gotcha. And I tried the Assassin's Creed games, but I tried Black Flag, and I just could not get through any of the sailing portions. Oh, dude. I hated that part. I was like, this is... like I just wanted to be running around on my islands and stuff. Just fast travel me to another island. Yes. And then let me do my thing on the island. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought, too. I don't want to have to take over this castle with a ship. No. I, I and was if you so... get too far away, it makes you restart. Yeah, that's what I couldn't figure out. I was yeah. so irritated. I was like, well, I can't, I don't even see well, where. I gotta turn the ship around to continue to attack. And it's slow. But you won't let me turn around <laughs> because I get too far away when I make the turn. Dude, that was one of the worst, worst things. Like they should, that's one of those things where they should have gave you an option to skip those levels or like you said, just fast travel to the Island instead of doing that thing. Uh, it was the most frustrating. They've, they've gotten better at their, uh, their sailing aspect, but that was like brand new for the Assassin's Creed yeah. franchise. If I'm not mistaken. And there's, they were still figuring out some stuff, but it, it was just yeah. so difficult when it, it didn't have to be. Right. That's the thing. Make it make it easier or something. Like, let me put this on easy mode. You know, there's been games in the past where uh, if you play a level, you die, and you keep dying, you keep dying. I can't remember what games they were, but this is probably maybe 10 years ago. Uh, it would come up after you die <clears throat> when you're about to respawn. It'll say, it'll give the option to change the difficulty right there. Like, yeah. it pops up for you. Um and there's some games that don't let you change the difficulty in, you know, mid game for each level. Oh yeah. You have to uh you pick a level and you stick with that. Mm-hmm. Or they don't even give you the option. This is just how hard the game is. Either get yeah. good or stop playing. Oh dude. Yeah, for me, especially now, uh being older, I'm I'm like, no, nope, I'll stop playing. That's like the black flag. Yeah. I never I tried it for probably, you know, an hour of this sailing thing. I couldn't get past it. I said, well, I guess I'm not playing this thing because this is uh once I get to that point where I'm really turned off by the game, like because of that, I'm, I'm done. I'm just done with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. Once, once I get into like a continuous mechanic that I don't like, such as the sailing. Yeah. I, I just stop playing. It makes it less fun. For sure, man. Yeah, I don't I'm not I'm not good at the um 
those really difficult, challenging games. There was a uh, one that was a split. Uh, I think it was a PlayStation exclusive for a long when it first came out. Um, this is probably twelve years ago. The first one came out, and it was touted as the hardest game on the system ever. And uh, God, I can't remember the name of it. Um, I worked at GameStop actually when it oh. came out, and we played it. Uh, you played a lot. It was like the um, uh, old time period where, with uh, you know, knights and um, you were sword play or whatever. And there was a lot of gameplay in like caves, right through tunnels and caves. Mm-hmm. If you died. There was no save points. If you died, you lost everything. Oh, if you died, you restarted. I mean, everything. Oh, no. Uh, your care, like everything. So it was, uh, and, and the enemies were extremely hard. And um, yeah, I know somebody in the uh, that's listening to this is going to be like, oh, you know, they they're going to know the name of the game, but um, they came yeah. on the second one, and there's some people that really like that kind of challenge. I'm not one of them. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I'm not one of them. Uh-uh. No, it's got to be entertaining. I like a good story. Um, and then sometimes, yeah, I, you know, the games sometimes... I played the Black like, Ops 2 campaign. Oh, dude, I played that, that Black fun. Ops 2 campaign like three or four different times. I loved that campaign. Yep. Which is why I was so sad Black Ops 3 didn't have one. Yeah. Then I started playing the uh, World War II campaign as well. That one was pretty fun. Oh, yeah. the um, Which one was that? Uh, the, it was Call of Duty World War II. World, World at War or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because they had the t- uh, tank the, missions and... Let's see. When did that come out? That wasn't it after um that was after Call of Duty four, which was the original uh No no. Um that came after I think Black it was Ops Call of... three. Oh it did. Yeah. Cause there was one before that as well. That was World War Two era that yep. they did. They they uh made a second one or remade the first one or whatever. Gotcha. But there was another version of it, yeah. Because, I mean, Call of Duty started out. Yeah, they uh, the the original Call of Duty was, in fact, the first three were all World War II. And and then they changed over to, uh, well, Call of Duty 4 was the first uh, modern warfare, the original modern warfare. And that thing was, that's what, took them off the, like just blew it out of, you know, knocked it out of the park. They, uh, that campaign is what changed everything because it was modern war. It was modern, uh, modern weapons. And, uh, it was like your, your character died. It was a huge, like a crazy mission where, um, you're, you're in the helicopter and that nuke goes off and knocks, you know, and you, and you crash and you're crawling 
and you're trying this is the first mission where you're like your character dies like you uh you're crawling there's you know the screen's red right and oh, yeah. um and you're trying to move and you're pushing the the controller is like you you can't go any faster you can it's like you know it's it keeps slowing down slowing down and then you hear the heartbeat and then you're dead it's like holy shit like what just happened um yeah cuz then normally when you start a character in a game they don't especially these kind of games they don't kill your character off right away yeah yeah but yeah that was the first uh, modern warfare one and then they did, uh, I think it was Call of Duty 5, they did um, World at War, and that was World War II. They went back to World War II, and they had some awesome tank missions in it. It was it was a lot of fun. Did yeah, I never it? got... I was probably too young to play any of those. The first yeah. one that I played was Black Ops 2. I Black went Ops back 2. and played Modern Warfare 2 for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, did you were you able to play the um, the first Black Ops? That was Vietnam era. I played it. I never owned it, but I played it at a buddy's house once or twice. Yeah. I never got to play the campaign of that. Just multiplayer. Gotcha. Oh, okay, dude. The campaign on that Black Ops one was really good. If you like the Vietnam era stuff, it was it was awesome. Oh yeah. Cool man. Well bro, I'm I'm really glad we got to uh finally get on here and talk. Yeah, right. <laughs> um We've been talking so, about this for a couple weeks. Just- oh dude. Yes. So well I appreciate your patience with uh with setting us up and and uh yeah, of being able to get on here. Yeah, man. But uh yeah, well I'm I appreciate you being on. Let everybody know where uh, they can find you and follow all your airsoft stuff that you're going to be doing this year. All right. Um, so I'll make some posts about this as well, but um, my call sign, it's uh, my Instagram is at call sign Iris, I R I S uh, no spaces, no capitals. Um, there's a couple different ones on there that look the same. Mine's uh, okay. My, uh, a lot of my stuff, a lot of my pictures are inside of Tax City, so you'll see Tax City logos and stuff like that in most right. of my posts. Um, yeah, you can find me there. Um, hit me up if you guys want to go out to a field or whatever, but hell yeah, DM me. Now, where did you get, real quick, where did you get your uh, Iris, your call sign? Uh, Iris was, I require intense supervision. And that was because I kept breaking things. <laughs> I think Jaeger actually said that on the uh, podcast. He said what your call sign stood for. I yeah, that's that's funny, dude. Awesome, man. Well, like I said, I appreciate you being on, and I'll uh, I'll tag you um, and, and have that link for your Instagram in the uh, in the video. Awesome, thanks. All right, brother. You have a good day. 